From bellyupsports.com. I am Thomas Black, your host, and you are listening to The Blackout, the podcast that is with you on a weekly basis covering the best teams and the biggest games in all of college football throughout the season. And on this week's episode, I've got my reactions from week seven in what was a thrilling set of games all day long this past Saturday. Then, in the second segment of the show today, I'll have Elton Hayes from CNHI Pennsylvania, the beat reporter for the Penn State Nittany Lions, coming and joining the show to discuss a top 20 matchup between Michigan and Penn State as the Nittany Lions look to stay undefeated coming off their win on the road at Iowa last weekend. Now let's jump into the biggest things that happened across all of college football in Week 7. At number three for me is what we learned from Oklahoma and its defense of all units against Texas in the Red River Showdown in its 34-27 win over Texas. The Sooners held the Longhorns to 310 total yards, 100 yards rushing, and Sam Ellinger, the Longhorns quarterback, was held to negative nine yards rushing on 23 carries. Of course, a lot of that coming from sacks, but still just an incredibly impressive performance from the Sooners defense. All of that while Oklahoma lost the turnover battle two to nothing. The defense has improved an awful lot and turns out to look like it may be helping Oklahoma turn into a legitimate national championship contender. Jalen Hurts finally looked like a human in this game. He's the one that had both the turnovers for the Sooners, stopping Oklahoma from winning this game comfortably. But if you pair his performance with the defense from the last couple of years for the Sooners, this would have been a surefire loss for Oklahoma. It means an awful lot that the offense was not perfect, and yet they still felt like they were completely in control of this game. Next up for me at number two is the biggest shocker of the weekend with the Georgia Bulldogs losing at home in double overtime to the South Carolina Gamecocks 20-17. There are several things to take away from this one. One of those being that this was Jake Fromm's worst performance of his entire collegiate career. I mean, really, four turnovers. Three of those interceptions, including one pick six, which gave South Carolina the lead going into the half. Georgia outgained the Gamecocks by over 150 yards in this game, but it was the four turnovers that negated several scoring opportunities for the Bulldogs. As disappointing as the performance was from Fromm, there's one bigger takeaway for me in this game. Just think about it. Fromm is one of the most consistent quarterbacks in all of college football. This is not going to happen with him again. I think the biggest takeaway from this game has to be the Georgia offensive line and the running game as a whole. Georgia's entire offense is built around DeAndre Swift and that rushing attack. But in this game, they were held to 173 yards on 43 rushing attempts. That's just four yards per carry. 
And that's because of the job done by Javon Kinlaw and the rest of that South Carolina defensive line. Throughout the entire game, they were collapsing the pocket, making plays in the backfield on the rushing game. They were changing Georgia's offense play in and play out. It turns out maybe Georgia's offensive line isn't as dominant as I thought, and it forced Jake Fromm into passing the ball 51 times in this game. That's far too many. And my number one takeaway from week seven, as far as the college football playoff is concerned, is I've got to go to what LSU did against Florida's vaunted defense. Get this, 511 yards on only 48 offensive plays, an average of 10.6 yards per play. 24 carries at 9.1 yards per touch. And if you listened to the podcast last week, you know that Nick Delatory called Florida's defense the best in the entire country. Florida definitely has one of the best units out there. But I'm here to tell you that if Florida's defense is the best in the country, then every single other team in the country better watch out. Because LSU has been so dominant when it possesses the ball. Just look at what Joe Burrow did. 21 of 24 for 293 yards and three touchdowns. Get that. He had as many touchdown passes as he had incompletions in the entire game. Now, it's not all positive from the LSU perspective. You see, they're scoring so fast. I mean, think about it. In this game, they only faced four third downs in the entire game. That means their defense is on the field an awful lot. And in this game, the Gators' time of possession was over 38 minutes. With that, the Gators were moving up and down equally with LSU for most of the night. That will be something to watch as the season progresses, especially when LSU heads to Alabama. There still is an awful lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball for the Tigers, but they've just got to find a way to make sure that they aren't giving up long extended drives throughout every game so that the offense can really take control. And now as it's time for break, it's time to remind you that on the other side, I've got Elton Hayes of CNHI Pennsylvania, a beat reporter for Penn State coming on the show to discuss Penn State and Michigan what we're going to see out of the two top 20 Big Ten teams, and what we might see as Penn State heads down the rest of their season. Right now, ranked in the top 10 and undefeated. Also note that this Michigan-Penn State game is the game of the week on bellyupsports.com. That means that you can jump on the college football forum and find a discussion for Michigan-Penn State. Go on there, enter a winner, enter a final score. If you peg the game exactly right, you get a chance to win any one of the 28 t-shirt designs on bellyupsports.com. If multiple people pick it right, then the winners are thrown into a hat and one name will be drawn to walk away with the free t-shirt. I am Thomas Black, and you are listening to The Blackout. Welcome back to another segment of The Blackout. This week, featuring a top game of the weekend, we've got Penn State 
hosting Michigan. And from CNHI, Pennsylvania, beat reporter for the Penn State Nittany Lions, we've got Elton Hayes joining the show. Elton, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me. It's a bit windy out here, but uh, you know, I guess this is welcome to fall in Pennsylvania. Yeah, we're really looking forward to this one this weekend. And now, you know, coming off a big game already for Penn State, they won on the road at number 17 Iowa last weekend, 17 to 12. They're six and zero. They're three and zero in the conference, and they've got another big top 20 matchup with the Michigan Wolverines. Coming off of last weekend, what exactly did you learn about Penn State and their win over the Hawkeyes? Well, you know, it showed that Penn State knows how to win these hard-fought games. Um, you know, the last couple of years, I'm not sure if this team would have been able to do so. Um, last year, after the Citrus Bowl lost to Kentucky, linebacker Cam Brown, which is one of the returning players, kind of had the players in the locker room and said, you know, hey, we're not going to do this. Um, they showed that this year against Pittsburgh. Um, they showed that against you know, the first half against Buffalo. But I think going on the road to Kinnick Stadium, playing in that environment, and you know, getting this win against a top 25 opponent in that type of fashion really just kind of gave the players that confidence and the fans too that they can get it done in that you know that type of environment when when the back was against the wall and they're playing in a uh, hostile environment. You talk about the players gaining confidence, and there's a few I want to highlight on the offensive side of the ball. It's centered around a young core of guys, you know, a redshirt sophomore and Sean Clifford, a redshirt sophomore and KJ Hamler, and then also the true freshman and Noah Kane. What do you have mm-hmm. to say about those guys and how they're gelling together right now? Well, you know, KJ Hamler is the heartbeat of this offense. Uh, he led the team last year in, I think, with 754 yards receiving, a bunch of touchdowns. And, um, you know, this is like you, you mentioned, this is a young but talented team, but he's really just kind of taken over that leadership role. You know, he's a, uh, he's a personality. He's got a lot of, uh, a lot of personality and charisma. But, uh, you know, it, I think he's really helped Clifford settle into that that role as a first-year starter. But uh, he's been dynamic. You know, he upped his um, – that the he had four catches for 61 yards last week. That was his uh, 19th game with recording a catch, which is impressive. He's really dynamic. Um, Noah Kane, he's been a real bright spot for the uh, that rushing attack. Um, going into the season, Coach Franklin mentioned him being a guy where, you know, he may not necessarily break off the big runs, but – you know, you look up and he's got 70 or you know 80 yards, and we just we've seen that happen. Last week against Iowa, you know, despite his youth, he went in there in the fourth quarter and they were running that four minute offense, and they fed him the ball 15 times. He finished with 67 yards, uh, 22 um, carries, which was a season high for him, a career high, and also the uh, most out of any Penn State back this season. But uh, you know, very impressive. These young guys are really stepping up and um, getting experiences uh, with each week. You mentioned specifically Noah Kane's workload at the end of that game. I think that's a full indication. I think most people would, but I'll take it from you. Uh, does that indicate that he has fully taken over the starting uh, running back position as a true freshman? No, he has not actually. Um, you know, Franklin is insistent on, on doing a four uh, four back rotation. Hmm. You know, Journey Browns. I think he's um, you know he he will start against Michigan. He started the last four games. Ricky Slade, who was a sophomore, he entered the season expected to be the um, the starter. But uh, you know, he had a couple of fumbles the first couple of weeks, which is why they went to Journey Brown. But uh, Journey Brown is the entrenched starter. But uh, you know, Franklin will continue to use all four of those backs. Another freshman um, I didn't mention was Devin Ford. Uh, he he played very well against Iowa last week, also. But I, I think there are a lot of Penn State fans who are. <clears throat> 
just because of the uh, consistency that Noah Kane's been able to show, uh, you know, 105 yards against Iowa the week before that he had 102 yards against Purdue. Um, a lot of fans, you know, would like to see him get an increase in workload, but I, I think he's still young. And uh, Journey Brown's the experienced guy; he's a redshirt sophomore, and uh, Franklin's going ahead and is going to start him again. Huh. Now, as we look at this roster, uh, there have been some weird changes, you know, or at least some optimistic changes, I guess you can say, with some of these youth uh, type players coming in and making some uh, big impacts for this team. I know you weren't around Penn State last year at this time, uh, Mm -hmm. but what have you heard about the transition from guys like Trace McSorley and Miles Sanders from last season? Saquon Barkley the year before that it's you know some remarkable names that have come through there but yet these young guys are really taking a hold of things and really running things the right way it seems well that's the thing you know when you lose a um, a lot of that veteran leadership there's going to be a vacuum in the locker room where you would think there would be the one thing that I've been really impressed with with is just how tight-knit these guys are um you know no one's really you know it just you know that running back room for example you've got four talented guys each of them you know feel like they could be starting for any program and they've all embraced that role where they've just, you know, it's a team first mentality. They're very complimentary toward each other. Whenever you talk to um, either one of them, um, you've got guys like KJ Hamler, um, you know, who's, you know, a redshirt sophomore, another one of the young guys, but, um, you know, despite losing all of that veteran leadership, a lot of these young guys have been very mature. And they, you know, I've heard that this is kind of the closest that a lot of people have seen this Penn State locker room um, in the past few years, which is surprising with given its youth. Yeah. Now let's flip it over to the other side with the Michigan Wolverines. You know, this is a team that's been something of a mystery this year. Sure, they only have one loss so far, uh, but the offense has really struggled against the top defensives they faced, scoring only 10 points in a game against Iowa on their home field and scoring 14 at Wisconsin earlier this year. Of course, most all of that came in garbage time. Uh, So as we look at this Michigan offense, when they face a Penn State defense that has been very good, what is your expectation? And do you expect Michigan to really face uh, the same difficulty that they've faced against other good defenses so far this year? I think so. You know, Michigan's offense has just kind of been an enigma this year. Uh, the, the talent is there. I don't think anyone will argue that, but it's just been so inconsistent. Um, the running game, you know, the offensive line, for example, which was, you know, entering the season was expected to be one of the team's strong points, hasn't really uh, lived up to those expectations. I believe Patterson's been sacked 11 times. I know Hassan Haskins last week against Illinois got his first 100-yard rushing game of the season, which is really surprising given the amount of talent on that Michigan team. But uh, I expect Penn State's defense to not let up any. I think we're going to kind of see the same intensity and ferocity that we've seen um, through the first six games. Now, as uh, you're looking at this game, we've seen Penn State as about a nine-point favorite is what I'm seeing right now. What's your expectation and uh, what prediction do you have for this game Saturday night? I, you know, I think Penn State will win. I don't think it's going to be a blowout like some people um, were expecting it, but I, I think the nine points are fair. Um, but I, I, I guess if I had to put a, 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 a score prediction on it, I'd, I'd give Penn State 28 points, Michigan 10. I'm expecting one of those type matchups. Wow. Now that's a big win if Penn State can certainly pull it off. The rest of the season, they've got some challenges. You know, three of their final five games after this one are on the road at Michigan State, at Minnesota, mm-hmm. and the big one at Ohio State. Uh, what's your ultimate season prediction for this team? You know, obviously you're projecting a win this weekend. That would put them at 7-0. and But what is your final prediction for this team in its fi- all 12 games? 
Uh, you know, going if this was about a month ago, I would say that Michigan State game. I, I would, um, you know, I'd be more com- I'd be more confident in being at a close game than I am right now. Um, I just don't think Michigan State has the offense. The defense is also kind of falling off a bit. I, I think Penn State, you know, goes to East Lansing next week and handles business. Uh, they've got a bye week following that. That Minnesota game is going to be very interesting. I, I still don't know what to make of Minnesota. You know, they're winning a lot of close games early. But in the last two Big Ten games, they've just really turned it on. That offense has really clicked. Um, great receiving core out there. I think that one, I, I'm gonna, I like Penn State's chances just because of the defense. The defense. Um, moving forward with that, uh, I believe they've got, uh, who's it, Indiana. Yeah. That, you know, uh, Indiana's much improved this year, definitely. They're sitting at four and two on the cusp of a bowl, um, a bowl bid here in, in October, looking, it's looking like. But, uh, uh, I, I think if I'm, you know, fast forward and looking at the schedule, Ohio State, I would say, offers Penn State's best chance for a loss at this point of the season. Yeah, no doubt. So are you kind of looking at maybe an 11 and one finish? 11 and one, 10 and two at worst. Is sure, what I'm sure. Right I'm now. kind of in the same boat. I mean, I think there are very good odds of that. And, you know, I, I, I can't say that anybody's going to be predicting they go on the road to beat the Buckeyes, uh, but they could. That's a tall order. Yeah, they could possibly finish 11 and one if they can figure out their other road games. Just thinking about it, you know, when you talk about losing a guy like, you know, uh, Tracy Sorley, a guy like Nick Scott on defense, uh, Miles Sanders, the fact that Penn State's sitting at number seven right now, six and oh. And kind of just, it controls its own destiny is really impressive and just kind of tells you about the uh, level of talent that Franklin's kind of recruited um, the mini lines to since he's been here the last six years. No doubt. Now, as uh, I've heard this debate across a number of platforms nationally, uh, I want to know your thoughts as a kind of an insider with Penn State. As we look at Ohio State, some people call them the number one team in the country. I think, you know, everybody just about has them as a top four candidate, a play, uh, you know, a playoff team at this point. Uh, but mm-hmm. is Penn State or is Wisconsin the biggest test for Ohio State inside the Big Ten? I believe so. I think those three teams right now are Penn State or outside of Ohio State. I think Penn State and Wisconsin have emerged as the uh, as the only two teams that are really capable of giving uh, you know Ohio State the test. You look at that Wisconsin defense, and it's just incredible. You know, Jonathan Taylor is a good running back. That offense is, you know. You'd like to see it be a bit more productive, but my goodness, with the way that defense is playing, man, I just don't see uh, many teams really getting between them and a win. But as it stands right now, I, I believe you know Ohio State has shown itself to be the class of the conference, uh, with Ohio, with uh, Penn State and Wisconsin just right below it. Which one offers the better matchup, the the better opportunity to match up with Ohio State and give them a challenge and possibly knock them off? I'm going to say Penn State just because of the uh, offense. Um, you know, you got guys like KJ Hamler. We've mentioned him. Pat Fryerbooth, the sophomore tight end, who's just a you know ridiculous talent. The, the, the fact that Penn State has four running backs he could turn to at any time who could blow a game open. Um, I, I think Penn State's probably the more well-rounded team. You know, if you look at both sides of the ball. All right, Elton Hayes, I really do appreciate it, man. You do good work. Thank you for all the work you do for CNHI Pennsylvania. And of course, anybody. Hey, man, thanks for having me. Yeah, and anybody who wants to give you a follow and find your work, they can find you on Twitter at EHDC12. So uh, thank you for the time, and we look forward to catching up with you again maybe later in the season should Penn State have, uh, you know, a big season or a late run uh, that would garner a lot of late national attention. I have a feeling we'll be talking right before the uh, Penn State-Ohio State game. Hey, man, I really appreciate it, and have a good day. Thank you. He is Elton Hayes, and you can also find his work at dailyitem.com. And, man, that is quite a prediction coming from Elton, an 18-point 
predicted margin of victory for the Nittany Lions over the Wolverines this Saturday. I agree with him in thinking about Penn State coming away with the win in this one. But, alternatively, I think this is going to be lower scoring. You know, we talked about Michigan struggling against Penn State's defense. Well, the same, I think, is true for the Nittany Lions. Just go back and look at their season so far. Against Pittsburgh, they won 17-10 on their home field. Last week at Iowa, they won 17-12. Best two defenses they've faced, 17 points apiece. And I'm going right in the same ballpark on this one. I'm going to take Penn State over Michigan, 17-14, and a nail-biter down to the finish. And just remember, if you have any thoughts on this game and an idea of what the final score is going to look like, jump on the College Football Forum at bellyhupsports.com and get in your prediction for a winner and a final score. You get it right, and you get a chance to walk away with one of the 28 different t-shirt designs in the Belly Up Sports Shop. Now, as I close out this week's episode, let me go ahead and give you a little preview of what's to come next week. We're going to stick in the Big Ten for another colossal matchup, as long as nothing too crazy happens this weekend. And that's because, as of right now, number six Wisconsin is heading on the road to face number four Ohio State. So if you're familiar at all with my work and the show from last year, you might remember Dan Hope from 11warriors.com, a beat reporter for the Buckeyes. He'll be joining the show again, once again, as long as nothing gets out of hand with Ohio State heading on the road to face Northwestern this Friday and Wisconsin heading on the road to play Illinois this weekend. But I would fully expect you're going to be looking at at the very least a top 10 matchup, if not maybe even a top 5 matchup, heading into next week. Additionally, if you would like to be a part of the show with questions, comments, or any other takes on the game of college football, you can call my blackmail at 706-406-3566. Just start off by letting me know your name and where you're calling from, and then we'll talk some college football here on next week's episode. For now, thank you all for listening. I'm Thomas Black, and you've been listening to The Blackout. We'll be right back.